0: It just generates so much excitement. Thanks to the off the
1: ball, we took Emil off your hands. <laughs> <laughs> on in the water, girl. <laughs> We're trying to get Karen on as a player. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's some things you just
0: can't change. Anymore. Subscribe to the Koi Gig Pod on the Off the Ball app now.
2: Football on Off the Ball with William Hill. Who you got? 18 plus. See This is News Talk.
0: All right, the new WSL season gets underway at the weekend. Sunday, to be precise, with all the week one fixtures. Chelsea, who have won the title in each of the past four seasons, are going for five in a row. They start the defence against Tottenham Uh, one of the big games is at the Emirates which sees Arsenal take on Liverpool we've West Ham against Manchester City Bristol City against Leicester Everton against Brighton and Aston Villa taking on last season's runners-up Manchester United to look ahead to the new season I'm joined by Kiva O'Neill from The Athletic and Catherine Batty from The Daily Mail good to talk to you both Uh, Kiva how does anybody stop Chelsea is it they have to catch up to them or Chelsea going to come back to the pack
1: I don't think they can. I mean, Catherine will definitely agree with me on this, I'm sure. But it just feels like Emma Hayes has got the got a grip on the WSL. And I would not be shocked come the end of the season if they go on to win that fifth league title. And obviously as well, they're not just dominant in that. I think, you know, they could go on to win um, four FA Cups in a row. And even though, you know, that success, I do think they've still got, you know, um, plenty of, Eyes on the Champions League as well, so I wonder if this is the season where they really go for broken that, and does that distract them a little bit? Probably not, because it's Chelsea, and somehow, some way, even when they've you know got games in hand or a points behind, they seem to be able to claw the way back. And I think that they're the team to to beat this season once again.
0: Catherine, when we're talking about uh, Emma Hayes and her influence on that Chelsea side how much of it is down to the quality of the players and how much of it is just down to her brilliance as a manager? If 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 Emma Hayes was managing Manchester United or Arsenal, would you have them as favourites for the title?
2: Question. I mean, I think it's a mixture of both. I've actually just finished listening to Emma Hayes' um, audio book, which kind of gives you a really fascinating insight into kind of her management and leadership style. And it did feel at times as if I was being given a team talk about life in general. So I can only imagine how great it is to be in her dressing room and to to play for her. I just think she's, she's been there for so long. I think that's the difference between her and some of the other managers in the WSL. I think she's coming up to 11 years now. And, you know, Mark Skinner at Man United, Gareth Taylor at Man City, owner side of that Arsenal, they've not had as much time. Emma Hayes has built this Chelsea project for such a long period of time. And they're all very experienced as well. They know how to win. I think that's possibly the difference as well. The, the teams you know that are competing with them haven't won a league title for so long. It is. it makes it very difficult psychologically as well. So um, there's something about Chelsea, I think, as well. When they get to sort of April, it's like they flick a switch and just say, right, we're going to win every single game from now to the end of the season when they get to that running period. And that's also been a key difference. So um, I think Emma Hayes plays a massive part, but I think that squad is also very strong. And they've, they've strengthened again in the transfer window. So it's going to be very difficult for anyone to compete with them.
0: Yeah, can you talk to us about that? Uh, Kiva in terms of what's happened over the course of the summer so Magda Ericsson Pernille Harder it had been teed up well before the end of the season that they were going to be going we saw a lot of the Chelsea stars at the World Cup Uh, obviously Sam Kerr I'm sure it was weighing on her mind for the last six months of last season uh, that she would be going home to be the superstar at that World Cup and obviously it was an injury blighted summer And then Lauren James uh, is now one of the most recognisable figures in the game, for good and for bad, after the summer. But what else have they done uh, to reinforce?
1: Well, they brought in a young forward who I think I'm really excited to see, who's been playing in Mexico, me official. I think she scored, I mean, a lot of goals. Um, so she's someone that will come in and support Sam Kerr and like you mentioned Lauren James is absolutely world class and I've been saying that for such a long time I think a lot of people have and I think she showed that at the World Cup and could really be the player like the standout player this season that's how it feels I think with Ericsson and Harder both leaving you do kind of You know, wonder about the the sort of void and experience that leaves. But then you look around the squad and obviously you've mentioned Sam K. You've got a player like Millie Bright, who's obviously been captain in England of late. And, you know, there are still those leaders there, even in the absence of, you know, the players uh, that have left the club.
0: Uh, Catherine what are your thoughts on that then on on the leadership of Ericsson and Harder and look it's a vastly experienced squad and the likes of Millie Bright are there uh, but when you do lose players of that experience it's not always a straightforward thing that those who come into her place always step up quickly.
2: Yeah I think Ericsson in particular because she was such a obviously as captain you know she she brought so much both on and off the pitch but I think because they knew that they were leaving quite early on last season, they almost managed those departures, and they spent quite a lot of last season without Peniel Harder, who was injured for quite a lot of the campaign, and and Mad didn't play every game last season. She she started some of the bigger games, but sometimes she was on the bench, and they've kind of they kind of almost started to manage their departures last season. So I don't think that transition will be too bad in terms of on the pitch. Off the pitch, of course, you know they'll miss their leadership and their, their, you know, their ability to talk to to other players. But as we have mentioned, they've kind of got a wealth of experience throughout that squad, and they've been in this position before. Where they, you know, the season pre- previous, they lost quite a few experienced players. They lost uh, G, who had been there for such a long time as well. So it's something they're used to, and I, I don't think it will hold them back too much.
0: I think an awful lot of people are going to be looking forward to seeing. Lauren James, Kiva, after the glimpses of her absolute brilliance during the summer. And it, it, it doesn't feel as though there's been any uh, huge backlash to the red card. Obviously, England managed to go on and to progress, and it wasn't uh, uh, quite the David Beckham-like scenario it was been painted to be at the time. I think she turns 22 tomorrow. Uh, just how good is she going to be?
1: Like best in the world energy. Every right. time you walk there. it's a bit true joy like if you get the chance to watch her play football live in person then absolutely take it because she's playing a different game a lot of the time you know just the balance the skill the quality she's got is incredible I think you've seen from the World Cup goals but you know she's been doing that for such a long time as well and as you mentioned she's so young so what can she go on to achieve in the game like eventually you know That is leading towards Ballon d'Or kind of talk, I think, because she is, you know, so highly thought of, but showing it as well. She's just a tremendous player.
0: Yeah, because Catherine, watching her in some of those games at the World Cup, her movement, her, even for such a young player, her game awareness of always being in the right place at the right time and just her pure technical ability, the way she controls the ball. It felt a step up, even at that level that she was playing at, a step up on nearly every other player on the pitch.
2: Yeah, and I think the game's just so easy for her. It's almost like she doesn't have to try that hard because she's so good. It just comes naturally. Um, and also, I think she's working under the best manager that she could possibly have in, in someone in Emma Hayes because she rarely kind of praises her in the media. It's almost like she really kind of pushes her because she knows how good she can be. You know, she she kind of, um, as I say, yeah, she really pushes her to give even more. And I think we've only just seen the start from Lauren James. There's, there's so much more to come. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if she uh, at some point in her career becomes, you know, possibly one of the most expensive players, if, if another club tried to come in and sign her.
0: Uh, tell us more then about what you've heard from Emma Hayes in the audiobook that I'm sure you're going to be uh, referencing throughout the season. Uh, as I guess as to how she keeps herself motivated a decade in, maybe it's easy, particularly with the way the women's game has developed. There's more and more interest in her, there's more and more interest in Chelsea, there's going to be more and more people coming to the games that automatically it's very easy to stay uh, focused but it's a very long time at the top it's a very long time at one club there doesn't seem to be any signs of any complacency from her
2: it's interesting. She was saying that uh, her sister had said to her during the FA Cup final in, in um, earlier this year that she looked bored on the touchline, and she said, "Well, I have won it a few times, right. um, but she said she, you know, she wasn't bored. It was just a case of yeah, she enjoys it more. She doesn't let the pressure get to her because she thinks, you know, this could be the last time I'm ever managing at Wembley. And I think, you know, that kind of shows the mentality that she has. She doesn't take anything for granted. Um, you get a brilliant insight into into her like, upbringing, kind of." How she kind of you know worked used to work at her dad's business, get up at five a.m. in the morning to make five hundred baguettes and stuff like that. And uh, you know she gives a great insight in terms to the the work that Chelsea do behind the scenes, the amount of staff that they have, and we know they've kind of led the field in terms of um, you know monitoring the links between the menstrual cycle and, and injuries in, in female players. And there's a whole chapter on that and the differences between men and women and some of her inspirations as well. So yeah, it's it's eight and a half hours long, but it, is
0: well worth their listen Uh, ACL injuries are unfortunately just becoming way too synonymous with the women's game Kiva and Arsenal were such victims of it over the past year and they go into this season with Beth Mead on her way back Vivian Miedema is a little bit behind that. Leah Williamson, I think, is back running, but probably still a considerable way of getting back onto the pitch. Uh, there was obviously a lot of speculation around Arsenal in January, and Katie McCabe was at the centre of that as well. It sounds as though it's been a a good transfer window for Arsenal, that they've been able to keep the players they generally wanted to keep and been able to bring in uh, some real quality, particularly with uh, Lisa Russo and managing to bring her in from Manchester United.
1: Yeah, I think Russo was massive, wasn't it? Because when you you know you reel off that list of players out currently, and Beth Mead and Vivian Mead, them are Can you imagine Alessia Russo being dropped into a team with them too? That's really frightening stuff. So I think you know that was really key for Arsenal. Obviously, it didn't quite um, end well for them in qualifying for the Champions League. But then, does that help them? You know, focus on the WSL a little bit more. And I think, you know, they have made some good signings as well. Um, Australian midfielder, Keira Cooney-Cross is, I think, one of the standouts, definitely. And, you know, someone that will bring a a lot to this Arsenal team that have already, you know, I think achieved so much together. And there is that togetherness there. And they did go through, you know, you mentioned ACLs. And, I mean, we absolutely hate those three letters, don't we, Catherine? Because it just feels like every week, you know, we're seeing it again this week and... Um, yeah, it's it's pretty depressing that it's happening so much and so often. And there was a point there towards the end of last season when you know you were almost scared to sort of check your phone at one point because it just felt that many players were obviously suffering this injury.
0: Uh, we do have two neutrals here. Often when we talk about Ireland, uh, we get very excited about Katie McCabe when we talk about her uh, world-class attributes and the Ballon d'Or nominations. And I don't know, maybe sometimes we get carried away or maybe sometimes we don't. Uh, Catherine, uh, just how highly rated and just how important is Katie McCabe to Arsenal if they're to achieve something this season?
2: It was hugely important, again, uh, one of those players that brings so much both on and off the pitch. I mean, you saw the goal she scored for, for Ireland the other night. It was a classic Katie McCabe rocket shot. Um, and I, th- I think the thing that summed up McCabe for me last season was she came off in that Champions League game um, against Bayern Munich and she was wearing a protective boot and on crutches. And then three days later, she scored the winning goal against Manchester City and we were sat there thinking, well, she could be out for the season. And then uh, she still had the hole in her boot from the challenge that she'd picked up the injury in when she scored the winning goal a few days later so um she just kind of brings so much to the team um you know she's actually a fantastically gifted technical player but also isn't afraid of getting stuck in and making challenges and obviously she can fill into that left back role and she, or she can play higher up as a left winger sort of slash left forward so she brings so much to that team and you know for, for many reasons she's a fan favorite too
0: it does feel kiva that even in the past 12 months since the qualification for the World Cup for Ireland, that maybe the confidence boost that that has given her, that her game has gone to another level. I know the quality of the opposition uh, over the last four days wasn't as high as what she'll face in the WSL, but she strode around the pitch, particularly in Hungary, as, yeah, I know I'm the best player here. Give me the ball. I know what to do with it. I'm going to run the show. That If anything, she's just getting better.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mentioned Lauren James before, and that you know, if you get the chance to see alive, do it. And Katie McCabe was. Definitely in that list as well. And luckily I got to see her on, on Saturday at the Aviva. Pretty special. I think the first sort of key moment, she just like slid in, you know, when someone's like running up the flank and she just slides in like she likes to do. And, and, um, obviously the opposition then get a throw in. That's almost like one of a trademark things. She just leads. And whether it's for Ireland or Arsenal, you just know what you're going to get from her every single game. It's just heart on the sleeve warrior kind of player and she gives it all every single time and then I think you know you mentioned a goal Catherine, the other night I think she got a ridiculous assist as well you know she's Mm. someone that creates and as we know her set pieces are ridiculous as well and yeah she's just a player that you you would be I mean how do you mark her come up against her it would be such a massive headache I think to play against Casey McCabe
0: and the signings they've made Kiva does that uh, does it future proof them for The next few months in terms of waiting for Mead and Meadema and Williamson, is there enough there now for them to start strongly to contend for the title? Or is there still a bit that they need to get to Christmas and try and hang on in there and then wait for those players to come back?
1: I think they've certainly already got a, a lot of quality there. And then those players coming back will just be a boost each time, you know that happens because you know what a what a loss it was for each player to to suffer that injury and how quick succession it happened. And I think you know to get those players back at different stages in the season might just provide them with that little spark here and there and Obviously, you'd imagine Rousell wanted them, um, you know, fill in and and score as many goals as she can. Having moved to Arsenal, uh,
0: so Catherine Manchester United last season so so close to a quite incredible year finishing second in the league, just two points behind Chelsea. Uh, Runners up to Chelsea in the FA Cup. But then this summer, they lose Alessio Russo to Arsenal. Uh, Mary Earps has stayed, but there certainly was a few weeks where it was touch and go, and there do seem to be question marks as to whether she really wants to be there. Now, they have made some signings, but has it been the summer you would have expected from Manchester United in a real position to go and kick on? Have have they done enough to, to stay the pace with Chelsea?
2: bit of a summer of chaos at Man United wasn't it I mean they started off by losing two of their best players from last season but then they did bring in um, a couple of really established players I mean um, JC from from Barcelona I think I'm pronouncing that correctly is there's a lot of um, you know there's high expectations on her to, to replace Alessia Russo in terms of goals and a lot of excitement around her as well and what she can bring to the WSL and then of course Hinata Miyazawa as well who was the, the golden boot winner at the World Cup um, a lot of people excited to see her play too. But I think what's going to be interesting for Man United and Mark Skinner is how he kind of fits these new signings into his team because we saw last season, he played a very consistent 11 and he didn't rotate an awful lot. And and at times he got criticised for not rotating um, because, you know, some of the players looked a bit tired. But it worked in the sense of that, you know, they only lost um, two games last season and they were both to Chelsea um, and they were so, so close um, taking them to the last day for the title. But this season, obviously, whether they get through in the Champions League could have an impact as well because they've then got, you know, they've got that competition to think about. I don't think he'll have that. He'll be able to just keep up that consistent team like he did last last season. I think he's going to have to rotate. And that's where I think they might struggle because I don't think their squad, squad still is quite as, has quite got the depth of Chelsea and possibly Arsenal as well. So I think that is the biggest challenge for them this season, fitting those new signings in and making it work quickly.
0: Kiva, what's going on with Mary Earps? Because the goalkeeper is probably the one position where you don't want to be just telling them to put their head down and and get on with it for the season.
1: I think it's massive that Man United have still got Mary Earps playing for them because I was saying this to someone earlier on, you know, it feels like she's the kind of player that you almost build a team around which seems a weird thing to say when it's a goalkeeper but that's you know an ability she's number one in the world like she is the best goalkeeper for me and I think you know to have her still there is so important for this Man United team because you know finishing as runners up in the FA Cup final to Chelsea and then runners up in the WSL that would have hurt so much and Catherine mentioned you know they've still got to qualify for the Champions League and I think that'll be important for them you know it might be extra games but I think it'll be important for them in terms of, you know, the reward for how much they put in last season. And, you know, they truly were a joy to watch. Like, you know, my accent wouldn't wouldn't tell you that I, I should have enjoyed it as much as it did. But, you know, there were some moments you were watching those last minute winners. And, you know, it was something that I, towards the end of the season, I was like absolutely behind and wanted them to win the league. And will not be alone in that because of the football they were playing and just, you know, how, how they were performing. It just felt like they were never down until, you know, the very last um, game, obviously, at prent Park against Liverpool, which they won, but obviously, you know, Chelsea had it wrapped up by then. And it's so hard to battle it out and, and go toe-to-toe with Emma Hayes as Chelsea and then do it again. Like, how do you, like, mentally sort of recharge to be able to do that? Because it's such a difficult thing because, you know, each each season what you're going to get from them and you've got to match it or go better.
0: I wonder Catherine was that part of the problem for Manchester City last year that I think was the first time in a decade they've been outside the top 3 that constantly trying to keep pace with Chelsea eventually it just wears you down because when you look at the talent in that squad with you know Alex Greenwood the experience of Steph Houghton but particularly the attacking talent where you've Bunny Shaw, Chloe Kelly, Mary Fowler, uh, Lauren Hemp it feels as though that's a team that should that should be able to uh, if not if not, win the title, but certainly finish back inside the top three,
2: yeah, and I think the key for for Manchester City this summer is that while they 've only brought in one player in jill rudd they've they've kept a lot of their squad, but they, they only saw one leave in in haley rasso, and over the last few years we 've seen a massive kind of shift in the squad at Man City and it's like every summer they're having to rebuild again because players depart and then new players come in and it's very difficult to manage. It's had quite a lot of players last summer that have now had a season in the WSL that had hopefully acclimatised and you would now kind of look at them and say, okay, right, we want like a a good season from you now, a consistent season. I think that could help them in the long run. And and of course, as well, not having the Champions League football similarly to Arsenal, it could actually help them focus on the league. Um, You know, when you get to that point in the season, where Chelsea and perhaps Manchester United as well have got two games a week they've only got one um so that that could be a key factor but I think Man City I think it had just caught up with them last season a little bit where they'd almost been below par for a few years and they'd kind of got away with it because Manchester United were still building um and they, I think they kind of yeah they couldn't get away with it last season almost and they also lost the first two games of the season and. It seems ridiculous to say, but in a, such a small league, if you lose two games that early on, it's almost like you're almost out of the title race after two games because you've got to be near perfect to win a trophy. Um, Chelsea only lost one game last season. Man United only lost two. Um, and obviously City went on to lose a few more after that. But to lose the first two, it's like you're playing catch-up you know, straight away. Uh,
0: Kiva, we had Jonathan Wilson on the show uh, earlier in the week and he was... Uh, talking about the men's Premier League and the ever-widening gap between the haves and the have-nots and the top and the bottom, which we're really seeing over the first few weeks of the season, where there's a massive points difference already. Uh, When you look at what's ahead for this WSL season, is is it going to be replicated there? Is there a sense that that top four are well ahead of everybody else and that those down the bottom are going to simply struggle to keep pace? While we talk about the growth of the game and the interest levels, actually, It's revolving very much around those four teams.
1: Yeah, I definitely think there's a top four and then the rest of the table. And, you know, you've got to look at Man United, I think, as the positive and how they were able to sort of break into that. And that's what teams like Aston Villa, Liverpool, Everton and, you know, the rest of the league will be trying to do. But it is such a difficult thing when you've got front runners like Chelsea doing what they do season in, season out. You know, like Catherine mentioned, lost the first game to Liverpool last season, but then, you know, just go on a ridiculous run because that's what they do. And, you know, to compete with that in every aspect of infrastructure is difficult but teams are slowly but surely catching up and I think um, you know in terms of like Liverpool for example you know the training now at Melwood and you know improvements have been made slowly but surely there consolidating the place back in the WSL and, and where they can go from there is you know we're not quite sure yet but breaking into it is so so difficult and I think that Man United need a lot of credit that they actually were able to do that.
0: Uh, Catherine is, is that lack of depth in the league is that one of the reasons why it's been a struggle for teams when it comes to the Champions League and look I know Arsenal was obviously a pre-season game but you've had what one English club in a Champions League final in uh, well over a decade even longer than that is, is that one of the problems that they're not being tested enough week in week out
2: it's a good point. It's hard, to, it's hard to say because you look at the team like Barcelona and they sort of walk the Spanish league every year. So, they, they kind of have the same thing there. Perhaps maybe in Germany, it's a little bit stronger and, and they are getting a bit more of a test there because the German teams have always been very strong in the Champions League as well. Um, if you spoke to the WSL managers, they'd probably, they'd probably say WSL fixture scheduling doesn't help them. I know Jonas Eindvald spoke quite a lot about that, um, not last season, but the season before in terms of it actually not kind of helping... The the English teams sometimes having to play um, a Champions League game on a Thursday and then play a Sunday, or then playing a Sunday and then playing a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and um whereas some of the teams abroad get a little bit more help from their federations perhaps, but I think as well in terms of the WSL, the standard's kind of been growing and, um, you know, I would expect Chelsea to, you know, obviously depending on what sort of group they get, but you would expect them to, to make the knockouts once again. Um, but for, for a team like Manchester United, it's their first ever time in the competition and they were always guaranteed to get a very tough draw and to get a club like PSG um, is a very difficult fixture for them home and away. The only thing that might help them is that there seems to be a little bit bit of chaos at PSG at the minute with the manager left earlier today. So uh, perhaps that might play into their hands. But I think in terms of the strength of the league, I do think the gap's narrowing. I just think it'll take time. I think we're seeing some clubs invest. I think Kiva mentioned Aston Villa, and they're a great example of a team that took points off the top four last season. And, you know, this season will try and push their way into it. And um, I think Brighton's transfer window has been very impressive as well. Um, so it'd be interesting to see kind of, you know, how much those other teams in sort of the middle and, and lower down the league actually test the top four this season.
0: Kiva, give us your top four in order.
1: Um, Chelsea, I think, will win the title and then I'm probably gonna go for Arsenal. I just feel like Man United, I don't know. I think it would have took a lot out of them last season, and if they do get through to the Champions League, I expect them in third and then Man City. But then you mentioned before all Man City's players, and I'm sat here thinking they could they could do something. They could they're going entering the season with like no pressure of really anyone talking about them for the title and that kind of might work in their favour.
0: Catherine?
2: Yeah, I think I have to agree with Kiefer as, as Chelsea being top and Arsenal second and then probably a battle out of the two Manchester clubs and just kind of based on last season, you'd probably go for Man United right now, but I do think Man City probably have that feeling of, yeah, maybe there's
1: less pressure on them this season and that might help them slightly.
0: All right, great stuff. Kiefer O'Neill from The Athletic, Catherine Baddy from The Daily Mail. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the season.
1: You very much
0: and don't forget you. that you can get uh, weekly uh, WSL chat on the Koi Gig podcast with uh, Kathleen and Emma and Karen and uh, well the other Emma if Emma Byrne ever stops you know running the country and comes back to do her day job on the podcast we just don't know we might have to just take one for the team take one for the good of the nation and let Emma go and be the coach that she wants to be uh, but the Koyki Park going to be with you every single week uh, with brilliant coverage of the new WSL season Football on Off The Ball
2: with William Hill who you got 18plus see gamblingcare.ie
0: This is News Talk